0: I'm speaking with composer Vivek Madala, who has composed scores to of such films as Highway, uh, the documentary Children of Memory, and his most recent project, the documentary American Revolutionary: The Evolution of Grace Lee Boggs, which premieres at the LA Film Festival. Uh, thank you so much for uh, speaking with me today, Vivek. Glad to be with you. So uh, to start, I always like to to know what music means to a composer, and uh, you know so what so what does music mean to you personally, and uh, why did you make it your profession and what led you to film composing?
1: Well, you know, I think that um, music, probably more than any other uh, pursuit, uh, really has the, the ability to affect human emotion um, and to change our perceptions of how we relate to the world and how we relate to each other. Uh, and I think that notably it has a lot of effect in, in music uh, – sorry, in film mm-hmm. – uh, more than say in uh, the application of music in other in other realms uh, I mean I've written music for dance for ballet for theater for other things as well but in film in particular um, I, I just really personally enjoy the intersection of, of film and music I since I was a small child I've been writing music and I was uh, I, I think eight years old when I saw my first Hitchcock film uh, North by Northwest with a brilliant Bernard Herman score and immediately knew that's that's what I wanted to do and um, I decided to be a film composer um, maybe it was about 15 years ago I decided that that's really what I wanted to pursue uh full time you know I I I've played in a lot of bands and I've produced records and I've written as I mentioned for other media um but I think I I um I really like storytelling and for me, um, filmmaking is a sophisticated form of storytelling, and the way in which music can reflect and affect the story um, is uh, very inviting for me and, and very interesting, and it's something I really enjoy doing.
0: Those are all really great points. I mean, I agree with you uh, completely. And I, I, I listen to a lot of music on your on your site, and uh, you've covered so many different... I've noticed a lot of different nationalities within your scores and utilized a large amount of ethnic and world sounds. Uh what kind of research does a composer have to do when exploring a different culture of, culture through music?
1: Well, um I mean fundamentally I think even though stylistically and geographically the music that I've written for different films has been pretty diverse. Mm-hmm. I, I like to think that I still sound like me.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but
1: um but to your question, uh it's actually one of the things I really like about film scoring is that from project to project, the demands of the film vary so immensely. And, um, you know, I do get to be a bit of a, you know, ethnomusicologist putting on, um, you know, different kinds of hats in different contexts with film scoring. Um, I, I do think that, uh, you know, it's important. Well, it depends on the film, but I, I, I find that it's useful to have some decent understanding of the, uh, the cultural background, the historical background of the geography um, for a film. So, for example, um, you know, I, uh, in two thousand six, I scored a film about the the genocide in Darfur, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, you know, I, I did a little bit of research into the um, the the history of Sudan and specifically Southern Sudan and and the ways in which. That's reflected in the musical colors that you find in in that part of the world, and it's actually very interesting. What I <laughs> one of the things that I, I found was that just in the history of European imperialism, in in the Af- on the African continent, the lines have been so blurred that, uh, for example, in in Sudan, you'll find everything from uh, you know duduk to tabla to you know there are some indigenous instruments, but they're. Um, they're not that specific to Southern Su- Sudan, and in fact, if you look at you know Sudan and, Sh- and the neighboring Chad and, and other countries, in fact, l- let me step step back a minute. You look at a map of Africa, <laughs> and you see straight lines between countries. All right. You know that's an artifact of European imperialism, mm-hmm. where like you know some French or Dutch colonel took a ruler and a pencil on a map and drew a straight line and said, "Okay, we'll take this. You take that." You without any. Yeah. yeah you know regard for the indigenous people living there and so as a result um the the cultural lines and the, the 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 unique identity of different peoples um unfortunately has been you know significantly diminished and that's that's the case with a lot of you know a lot of the the world particularly the the, the developing world where a lot of the films that I've been scoring have been set so for example I um recently scored a film in uh it's set in El Salvador and and likewise, the the lines have been you know over 500 years of, you know between the conquistadors and, um, uh you know and then subsequently with the you know U.S. intervention behind the guys of the Monroe Doctrine and so on, um there's been a lot of um, degradation of of the indigenous cultures and so on, um and so uh I, I'm not really answering your question directly I think I'm sort of oh, rambling, no it's but, so
0: interesting keep um, going
1: <laughs> but but the <laughs> um uh the the music um you know i do definitely try to sprinkle in uh, indigenous colors and and you know use a musical palette that reflects the the people who live there mm-hmm. um while at the same time trying to make the music accessible to let's say western audiences who may not be familiar with those musical idioms um and, you know, to some extent, I don't necessarily want to be literal with the score, like geographically literal. I might have, you know, splashes of indigenous color, mm-hmm. um, but fundamentally the, the music is designed to serve the drama and to, to um, help move the audience along uh, with the story in a way that, that the director is is looking for so all right i just just
0: love how uh, music is so reflective of a. it can be reflective of a a people's culture as much as the individual person who's writing it and i think that's kind of very fascinating aspect of it to me and how you can every word you know area has different sounds but it also comes down to the individual artist and who's where the music is coming from internally
1: yeah yeah totally
0: and uh, so now you have uh, premiering at the l a film Festival American revolutionary, which is another a documentary that you scored uh-huh. and uh for this project, what was the musical goal with your score, and what did the story need musically from you as the composer
1: well it's um the the story itself is very interesting um the the film the the woman who's featured prominently in the film is Uh, a a 97 she's almost 98 year old um, social activist Mm -hmm. and the film isn't really a biopic it's not so much about her as much as it is about her her ideas and the evolution of her ideas and how and we're sort of looking at different events throughout the 20th century and and up to the present day through the the prism that she sort of has set up uh, which is an evolving prism so because the music because the film takes place over an almost 100 year period the music also kind of reflects different, um, uh, you know, different spots during that timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there is, uh, you know, music going back to say the nineteen twenties and 30s, You know, allusions to, uh, you know, the Red Scare and the kinds of um, music that we might have heard in some of the, you know, propaganda films, for example. Uh, from the, you know, the 30s and 40s. Um, then, you know, the film is also kind of centered in Detroit. So, uh, you know, I also have a lot of the score kind of reflects uh, the, some of the sounds and some of the the, the sonic uh, colors that we might have heard from, say, 60s Detroit, like, like the Motown uh, type stuff, mm-hmm. um, all the way through to, you know, kind of, more modern you know, hip hop and and um, uh, you know more contemporary type sounds. So uh, stylistically, it's kind of uh, very it's very very broad. However, I, you know I, I do like to come up with cohesive themes um, to to sort of give the film its own you know unique fingerprint, unique in the absolute very sense me. of the word. Um, and so there are you know a handful of themes that do appear in different kinds of um, idioms so you know there's a there's a kind of a revolution theme that um, you know there's there's a a a modern version of it and there's a Detroit you know Motown kind of sound as well and you know so stylistically it's like I said it's it's pretty broad but I I like to think that the score itself is fairly cohesive in terms of how it functions with the film um, you know there's a lot of talking heads there's a lot of people basically you know, talking talking in the film, and to me, the the music. One of the things it needed to do was to function sort of like a like a motor that propels it forward, mm-hmm. and um, you know, to give it a, a kind of a pulse and and give it a, a sense of of propulsion. Um, but at the same time, the the subject of the film uh, it it involves um, what we might call the the Marxist Hegelian dialectic, and and how that evolves over over time. Uh, and the, the woman in the film, Grace Lee Boggs is very kind of matter of fact. She's not, she doesn't emote a lot. And so one thing that I was very careful in working with the director and with the editor, um, in trying to sculpt was, uh, how, how to give her a little bit of emotional depth that she does herself experience and that she communicates, but not outwardly, or maybe that's subtle but without projecting too much onto her that she's not actually giving. So I'm not sure if that makes a lot of sense, but, um, so, you know, it's the, the score, uh, you know, as scores are, you know, was, was very carefully, you know, tailored to fit the dramatic contours of the film, not to reveal too much, uh, too early in terms of what we're supposed to know. Cause a lot of times in, in, you know, in this film in particular, there are seeds that are planted early in the film that then pay off later, but, you know, how much do we want to reveal ahead of time? Do we want to foreshadow things? Um, and so, yeah, just working with uh, – the, the director's name is Grace Lee. Um, no relation to the subject matter, Grace Lee Boggs. It's mm-hmm. kind of a coincidence, and this is a whole other story. Um, the editor, Kim Roberts, is fantastic. She, um, you may be familiar with some of her other work, um, Food, Inc., and Waiting for oh, Superman. Yeah, and so on. Um, she and She's great with music. Um, and uh, Caroline Labresco, uh, another one of the producers, um, was, uh, uh, you know, there were a lot of people who, who had a great interest in, in the music for the film. And so I did get a lot of ongoing input from the filmmakers. It was very, very collaborative, which for me is a lot of fun.
0: Hey, I think that's the best way to do it. And when everyone <laughs> is involved in talking and getting ideas. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you're writing for a documentary, a nonfiction, uh, does that affect your approach at all? Knowing that you're writing music for real people and events, or do you treat it as the same as you would a fictional narrative or does it I mean does it play with your head like oh god I'm writing for someone who is alive and existed and this all really means a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, fundamentally I think music in film, you know, it it whether it's a, a doc or a narrative scripted feature um, you know, I don't really approach it that differently. It fundamentally they the the music does the same thing. It mm-hmm. sort of Yeah. Um, you know, colors the audience's perception of what they're experiencing. Um, it can uh, function in, in much the same way in, in both docs and, and in features. Uh, I mean, in like narrative features. I, I do think that to your, to your question about whether there's kind of an added sense of responsibility to honor the subject because it's um, not fictionalized, uh, because it's real, you know, there, there is, there is definitely, there is that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other sort of so kind of a corollary to that for me is I tend to score the docs that I work on. They tend to be, um, dealing with ma- material that is, uh, important for me, which is usually how I get the gig is because I, I happen to be involved in some way with whatever the subject is. And so, um, so I probably do have some kind of allegiance or some sort of Um, uh, you know, I want to honor the subject in a way that I may not even be realizing. So in the case of this, this film, American Revolutionary, um, I started reading the works of Grace Lee Boggs about 10 years ago uh, when I I discovered her through um, a a program called Democracy Now. It's a a news program and uh, was captivated by her ideas and the way, the way she sees the world. And and, then when I found out that they were making this film, um that's actually how i got the the gig was that i was really interested in in the in the that's one of the ways in which i got the gig was i was i had a special connection to the material likewise um you know the the film in el salvador the film in 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 darfur um there's a a film that i'm scoring right now that's um about uh nuclear weapons testing in kazakhstan um these are all subjects that are important to me and so um you know i i probably do um without even realizing it, uh, it probably does affect my um, sense of responsibility to the film. Well, you
0: definitely have a personal, yeah, when you have a personal attachment. (laughs) And I've talked to other doc composers, and and I've noticed that they all seem very personally attached to the material. And I think that definitely adds or aids in, you know, getting that emotional undercurrent. For the
1: work. Yeah, although you know, now, now that I've said that, I'm going to maybe backpedal a little bit. I think <laughs> I think that even when I'm scoring um, you know, narrative features, generally um, you, you know, these these gigs are so important and mm-hmm. and the filmmakers, you know, when it's it's a huge task to make a film and the you know, the director, the producer, the editor, you know, everybody's so invested. Um, even when I'm working on a, you know, a, a romantic comedy or an action film or something that's completely fictionalized. I, I think I still have the same investment. I, I just I'm just sort of thinking about this as as we're talking, and I'm realizing yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know that I necessarily um, treat one with more weight than another. M- maybe I do. I'm not sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and to just kind of expand on that as a composer when you're looking at you know looking at any film of nonfiction or fiction, what aspect of the film sparks your creativity the most? Is it the plot, the characters, the setting? I mean, it's going to be a combination of everything, but really what speaks to you the loudest to influence your writing at the beginning of it all?
1: Yeah. You know, generally it's the characters, mm-hmm. um, but you know, it, it could be any number of things and it depends on the film. You know, it, it, there, I've scored films that were very kind of um, sort of observational where there wasn't a lot of character development, but the, the way the shots are composed visually was really compelling Or, um, you know, there are different aspects of the production that, um, really, you know, drew me in and and made me interested. Um, in some cases I've scored, you know, I've scored a number of these, um, sort of silent film restorations for Warner Brothers through Turner Classic Movies where, um, you know, the, the, the style of filmmaking in the 1920s with the silent films is very different where the drama is very overwrought. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and the characters are essentially like two-dimensional cardboard cutouts yeah. in, in a lot of cases. <laughs> um, and so, in that case, you know, you find something about the the plot or the uh, characters or the motivations or something that you can grab onto. Or I'm sort of generalizing. I'm speaking about myself. I, you know, I find something that I can really grab onto, and then um, write for that. And that's kind of my way to to get drawn in. And and in some cases, um, you know, the things that appeal to me about a film or that really suck me in are not necessarily those things that um, someone else might be interested in. So, uh, you know, I think, I think it is very, um, very personal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think this, yeah. <laughs> everyone, I mean, everybody has their own style it's their own auteur. I mean, I love, I love listening to composers and picking up on their different nuances and styling and stylings and all that. It's a, that's what I love about listening to, different composers (laughs) um yeah me too (laughs) well to to wrap up i always like to ask uh composers this one question okay uh if you could score any film ever made with no disrespect to the original composer which film would you choose
1: oh wow (laughs) um well immediately what comes to mind there was a film from maybe 10 years ago Called Rabbit Proof Fence. Oh yeah, Uh, Um,
0: Peter Gabriel did the
1: score. Yeah, yeah, he did. So, um, you know, it was a beautiful film. I have to tell you, I I didn't think the score for the film. I I felt it was a bit of a missed opportunity. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, You know, it's it's the the it's like I said, it's a beautifully made film. the The characters are are really compelling. Um, Visually, it's stunning uh, the Australian outback, um, it's, in a sense, it's like, like a huge, you know, open canvas on which to, um, you know, reflect and affect the drama of the film using musical colors and melody and, you know, um, rhythmic textures and so on. And, and actually I I found that the, um, you know, I love Peter Gabriel, but I, I, I actually thought that the score for the film didn't didn't really do what it could have done and so mm-hmm. um you know if if that film were to land on my plate i i i would really celebrate that and love to <laughs> i mean i think that you know the the opportunities with um with that broad canvas um are pretty amazing and or would be and uh yeah so um just on sort of first blush that's that's the film I would probably. Well, that's a really, really great unique score Yeah, that's
0: great. I love it. <laughs> Usually composers go for you know the big ones, Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and all that stuff. Well,
1: see, the thing is, you know, those are those those films are great, and they have such, you know, I mean the the scores for those films are so indelibly connected to those films. I, I think that if you were to change a John Williams score for one of his films, it would become a, a radically different film. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and the reason I, I picked rabbit proof fence <laughs> to the answer to your question is I, I I feel like the the score didn't really function very much it was almost like it, it you know was so minimalist which can be great and can be really effective and in this case to me it, it didn't really help the film and and I think you know I um, you know the other things the other examples you mentioned whether it was John Williams or Howard Shore or whatever mm-hmm. um, you know I I don't know that I feel like I could do anything <laughs> that would be an improvement <laughs> that would help the film whereas maybe there's some others that uh, I don't know oh <laughs> <Well>, fair enough
0: <laughs> well uh, Vivek thank you so much uh, for your time it was such a great uh, pleasure and uh, to talk to you and uh, fascinating discussion with you about you know your motivations and interests and all that so thank you so much
1: yeah it was good fun.